Welcome back once again to Casa de Confidence podcast. This week is going to be the first installment in monthly special episodes in which Julie, well, you know what? I'll let her explain it. Welcome to the Casa de Confidence podcast, a podcast for women about going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins. I am a dreamer, a traveler, visionary, risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, a supporter of women in their dreams. If you've stumbled into our casa for the first time, <coughs> welcome. If you've been here before, I'm so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Hey, Julie. So, do you know what one of my favorite quotes is? Go confidently in the direction of your dreams? Yes, but what's another one of my favorite quotes? Where does he get such magnificent toys? Wow, we're talking about your golf clubs that you just got delivered? No, that's a, it's probably not correct, but that's a, uh, that's a Batman oh, uh, no. from 1988. Okay, well, no, yeah. no, not talking about Batman. One of the quotes that I feel uh, really speaks to me and really resonated because it reminds me of my grandmother is be the change you wish to see in the world. And that is by Mahatma Gandhi. Um, and I love it because I think that change really begins with you. And this is a lesson I learned early in life. My grandmother was involved in several different organizations and she volunteered her time, her money, and just did what needed to be done when there was a need. And I learned that from an early age. The reason I wanted to start this special series is because we are surrounded in this world by people who do exactly that. They change the world by letting change begin with them. Hmm. Hmm. What? You've got nothing? I, I've got no words right now. I don't, I'm going to have to cut this part out. Anyway, we can edit that. Okay. So, so this episode, so this episode starts a monthly installment of and it starts a monthly installment of features in which I really want to shine light, not only on a woman who is doing amazing things as her own, but is really giving back to the community and creating a change and creating a reaction to be able to really impact others. I met Sarah a few years back. She works for a, a non-for-profit here in the Hartford area called The Village, and eventually we're going to have to have and feature The Village because they're doing some amazing work. But ultimately, Sarah saw a need. There's been a lot of, well, you know, same old, same old on the news, and there's a divide, and many people are disenfranchised. 
it's very easy to say, well, why are, you know, why are they complaining or why are we featuring people of color and, you know, everybody, you know, should matter and everybody does matter. But the issue at hand is that if you're a person of color, you haven't had the opportunities for ages, centuries, honestly. And I think that what Sarah decided is that she was going to take her skill, she was going to take her know-how, and just create something to help others. There's another quote that I like um, that is attributed to John F. Kennedy, that the rising tide lifts all boats. And I think that if we are able to, and especially in this time in which organizations are struggling, small businesses are struggling, if I create more business for one organization, then that brings money back into the economy. So Sarah has started a website and the website is Shop Black Connecticut. Now I'm gonna let her describe a little bit of what prompted her to begin this uh, site. And you know, it's a non for, it's, she is just volunteering her time as are other people, but it's a phenomenal concept and I'm hoping that it can catch on and grow. So I wanted to bring this conversation to the listeners. So we hope you enjoy this episode, learn some stuff, feel some stuff, and shop for stuff. That's right. (laughs) So without further ado, Sarah Thompson. Thank you again for being the first guest that uh, we are going to kind of go off script Mm-hmm. And begin with a brand new, brand new platform or brand new uh, format for these types of episodes. But I really think that what I am looking to do with supporting organizations and groups that are doing a lot of really good group and a lot of really good work in the community, this mm-hmm. totally makes sense. So, um, Sarah, why don't you introduce yourself and tell me who you are? And, you know, again, Sarah, you have been doing some phenomenal work. I have seen you, I met you through church and Mm -hmm. you worked for the Urban Alliance for many years, doing a lot of really awesome marketing Mm -hmm. and and, and you're a beautiful photographer. You have two beautiful children, but please introduce yourself to the audience. Well, that was a nice intro. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. But um, yeah, so my name's Sarah Thompson. Um, I live in Avon. I've been working in the Hartford community for a very long time, um, kind of a cross between marketing communications work and nonprofit community-based work. Um, so like you mentioned, I was at Urban Alliance for many years, um, for about seven and a half years. Um, and just recently, I... Um, came over to the Village for Families and Children as their Senior Marketing and Communications Director. Um, So yes, I do that. And then um, I do photography kind of as a side contracted um, creative outlet um, that I just love to do. It's taken a little bit of a backseat lately, but um, Mm -hmm. just a lot of a lot of work in anything creative is where I like to be. <laughs> you are creative, and for sure, anyone who has worked with you, whether it be in the Urban Alliance or in your current position, they're they're definitely so lucky. And I think that your passion for helping in the community comes through with any role that you're in. So I connected with you because you were a little bit curious and how we can collaborate. And as soon as you told me your latest project, I thought, okay, 
this is really cool. This is really awesome. We need to talk about it so that people can learn, you know, some of the innovative things that are happening in the community, and especially here in, in Connecticut and Hartford. This is my home, and I, I feel very strongly that we have a great community. A lot of people, you know, rag on Connecticut and ah, Connecticut or Hartford, but it really is a, a phenomenal place to live. There's a, lots of really fun and innovative things going on, but why don't you tell me a little bit about your website and, and the group that you started getting off the ground? Sure. So, um, you know, what the project is, is basically a website database with a blog feature to feature Black-owned businesses, specifically right now in the greater Hartford community, but it will be expanding, you know, beyond, hopefully here in the next couple months to the whole state of Connecticut. Um, the idea of this kind of thing is not new. It's not novel. There are other people that are doing similar types of work. And um, the reason it came up was really just um, after attending protests and having bold conversations and, you know, advocating through social media, um, I really wanted to take the, the effort that I've been trying to give as an anti-racist ally, I want to take that from conversation to actually doing something with action. Um, and so this was an area that I thought, well, there are some um, strengths that I have um, that I could potentially bring to the table, but I also didn't want this to be about me at all from the beginning. And I knew that it had to be a collaborative, especially because it's no secret that I'm a white woman. So, you know, it's can appear to be, it, it could be misinterpreted in many different ways. Um, but the strategy was to really from the beginning, which is a, it's a similar concept to what Urban Alliance is doing in some ways, but how can we each leverage our own individual God-given strengths to then create change in the community? Um, so from the beginning, there's been a team, a very diverse team of contributors and editors and marketers, and um, we've just grown this site in the last three weeks to uh, tr you know, basically try to spread the word about these businesses and what they mean to the community. One of the things that you said that I want to focus on is is having bold conversations. And I mm -hmm. think that the website and the collaborative, because, and I love that word collaborative, is such a um, powerful word. And many of us don't realize the power that we can have, not only outside of ourselves when we work with others, but when mm -hmm. we allow others to shine as well. And I think yes. that that's a little bit of what you're doing. Um, what are bold conversations to you and why are they important? Well, I think that bold conversations are necessary, but often are not tackled as much as they should be. Um, I mean, it depends on this, the season and also the worldview and the lens and the experiences that you're coming from as a person in that conversation. Um, for me, as a white woman, that bold conversation might be to call out when I see, you know, acts of racism, whether they're intended or not, or, you know, just subtle things, not just being complacent. So to have those bold conversations, but also to answer questions, you know, if people have questions about the website, about what is this um, for profit or not, or are you an opportunist or not, I can feel comfortable saying, well, let's have that conversation. Right. Let's talk this through because I understand where that misconception might be coming from. So really the bold conversations is just, I would say anytime someone feels hesitant to maybe speak up, but they feel a, 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 in their gut that there's something needs to be said to press into that discomfort because that's where healing begins or that's where mm -hmm. change happens. So um, yeah, I mean, lately, obviously we've been having a lot of conversations about race, 
Um, and that's where a lot of these bold conversations lie. But as a person who is coming from a place of privilege, the bold conversations have to have a lot of listening. It's not talking. So, so you you hit the nail on the head with what you're saying, and I totally understand, and I totally agree with the perspective. But mm -hmm. in the last few weeks, and this is something that, and again, you and I are are very like minded, and mm -hmm. this is why you know you you participate in and collaborate with organizations that I am behind, but. I know that there are people out there, and this is part of the narrative that I've heard a lot. People don't seem to understand. They'll say, you know, I did not grow up with privilege. I had mm -hmm. to, you know, my parents were poor. My parents really worked hard. They worked in a factory. Uh, I put in a lot of overtime. Nothing right. is given to me. I think that I, I was reading somebody um, that was discussing how they, they, um, you know, they, they don't feel that there's privilege in their existence because mm -hmm. they have had, uh, you know, a, a, a life where they had to work for everything they've been given. Right. But you and I both, and that there is a privilege that is inherent that people may not understand what that privilege is. Do you want to tackle that concept sure. and kind of explain a little bit of why you are highlighting uh persons of color businesses mm -hmm. that are owned by business by people of color as opposed to somebody else yes and you know as far as the white privilege terminology i think that a lot of people misunderstand what that means mm. um and again part of those bold conversations is just admitting that we make mistakes admitting that we don't understand everything you know if you feel offended in something saying well i i kind of feel offended by that but let's talk about it more um the first time I heard that phrase, I was 32 years old. So that to me says something that how did I get through life until I was 32 years old, never hearing this phrase when I, I was deep in community work. I was in, you know, in a lot of different situations where it kind of shocked me that I had never learned that term. When I first heard it, I thought all of the things that you just kind of made. Well, what are you talking about? You know, I don't have privilege. But when I took down that kind of mask or reactionary wall, what I realized was it's nothing that I've necessarily done. I mean, some people obviously have acts of overt racism, but this is something that's inherited. So it's the fact of the system that we live in, the nation that we live in, and the racist public policy that we all are a part of, mm -hmm. that we are inherently given privilege. I am, as a white person, that the system benefits me more than it would benefit a black business owner for if I was a white business owner. Some people will, you know, dispute that fact, but there are, and I, and I would love to have conversations with people about this. Um, but the bottom line is that there is a very wide racial wealth gap between white people and black people as a result of public policy that is racist. There are, um, there's studies and, you know, different research that's been done that Black business owners are turned down for loans at an at least double rate of mm -hmm. people who are, you know, business owners aren't black. Just so many different things that are working against these hardworking individuals who just want to have a business in the same way that someone who's not black wants. Um, so as far as the site itself, you know, there's again, I'll repeat it, this is not a new idea. You know, buying black is is something that has come up time and time again and should but i think where there's a unique 
moment right now, like after the killings of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and so many other people, there's this kind of spark that's happening. And I really hope that people don't read into this as a fad. It's more like, let's take this time to now create action in a new way or maybe a, an expanded way. And that is coming from how can an entire community, white, black, or otherwise come around these businesses, um, not to necessarily as a charity handout, but to help kind of level the playing field at the same time, while at the same time tackling some of these bigger policy issues. Because going to a store is not gonna solve the policy issues. Mm -hmm but we can at least try to um, amplify those businesses. And so that's, that's part of you know, the reason. I even have some statistics that I jotted down that I thought were incredible. 4.3% um, of the 22.2 million business owners in the United States are black, only 4.3%. That's then, huge. Yeah, if you even meditate on that for a minute, that's huge. Um, and you have to ask yourself why, why? Because there are disproportionate challenges. Um, that black business owners face. But also, we haven't really touched on this yet, but the pandemic has been detrimental to many business owners. And I'm not saying that it hasn't affected all small business owners. However, black business owners, the, the statistic I just came across today, 41% um, of all black businesses um, had closed their business during this pandemic, as opposed to for 17% uh, of white owned businesses. So it, it just is the reality of what it is. So, you know, I'm just, I believe in collaborating. I believe in volunteer work because this is volunteer driven. Mm -hmm. um, I think if anyone was in this type of uh, collaboration for profit or personal gain, it would defeat the purpose. Absolutely. Right. Um, so anyway, that's, those are the main reasons why we're focusing on specifically black businesses but also to celebrate black culture and what these businesses are in the community i mean they're incredible businesses and so yeah. absolutely and i think that what we forget is that you know what i'm not sure why we're having um feedback so weird i don't hear it too much you don't my, hear it okay a little bit but not too much all right so i'm not sure what's going on but but what we forget is that when more people come to the table, we have the opportunity for more innovation. Mm. And I think that in learning and really one of the biggest things that I've tried to do in the last month or so is, yes, I've called myself an ally, but I wanted to definitely learn more, listen more, speak less. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I find is that there's things that I didn't even know in, you know, the statistics, the numbers and people, you know, what, what, the, what the gaslighting has been about, the fact that families uh, who are people of color for many years weren't allowed to buy homes. Right. And you you cannot accumulate um, wealth or accumulate any type of um, uh, patrimony, right? They Or I guess that's such an old-fashioned word, but it's the only mm -hmm. word that comes to mind, that you can pass on to your family mm -hmm. and to give them a leg up. Right. If you are not able to earn or own property. And I think that these are the things that people don't realize where your family right. 50, 60, 70 years ago was able to buy a home. And that is something that you keep, it gets passed on. Whereas black families, yeah, they ended up having to go into these communities, into the, into the projects of mm -hmm. sort, because there was nowhere else for them to really go where they can afford right. to go. And I think that when even, being educated or or being able to have the same type of opportunities 
Um, one of the biggest questions and that I've been hearing as well from, from many people is that, oh, great. Now we're going to highlight, um, highlight black owned businesses, or even in, as employer employers begin to assess what their hiring policies are. I know that many people are like, oh, great. I'm going to lose my job to this guy because he's black and they're trying, they're, they're, my company's trying to hire black. How do you address that? And, and, and I know you know, how I feel about that, but I'd love to hear your opinion on, on how do you think is a movement to support black businesses or to make a more inclusive workplace going to take away jobs from people who are there? Or, or... If we're talking about taking away jobs from people who are not black, um, that's one topic. I would say just as a side note, actually supporting black businesses is going to create a lot of jobs. Right. So, Absolutely. Um, but um my response to somebody that would say that would be, why are you even asking that question? What is it in your core? Is it a, is it an, a fear of losing something or I don't know, I, I'd be, I'd press them to kind of do some self-reflection mm -hmm. because the thing is, if a woman walked into a room or if there was some other type of situation where you say, well, what are they going to hire women now and I'm going to lose my job or on the flip side, enter, put any word into that sentence. The reality is that the system and the nation that we live in has oppressed people of color. That mm -hmm. is a fact. So it's not that we're, that anyone's looking to take away from any other group. It's that we're trying to provide equal opportunity. Um, so yeah, I would just, again, press into that kind of self-reflection of what, why, why do you feel a need to even say that? Um, and kind of back to what you were saying before about the privilege piece, throughout the whole movement, um, any kind of movement, I think that's related to either Black Lives Matter or the subject of race, a lot of times I think that people think that what's happening is discounting hard work from any people group. And that's not the case. We all know that there are hard workers in each group. There are challenges in each group. When I say group, I just mean different demographics and right, such. But, right. um, so it's not discounting that. And that's the biggest issue I have or um, what frustrates me the most is it's, it's not discounting A for B. What right, it is right. is focusing on the area that needs, you know, support right now, needs allies. Now there will be people that'll say, you know, people are just stepping up to take a selfie at a protest and say, oh, I was there and where's the actual action behind it? So again, we need to, you know, at, for me, a person who's not a person of color say, what are my actions reflecting? Am I really truly in this because I want to change the policy and the world we live in? Um, so back to that, if people are questioning these types of things, I would just say, examine where that's coming from because the flip side of that is, okay, so we do focus on businesses that maybe haven't had as much airtime, so to speak. Well, then what, what are the benefits that can come of that? There can be community, right. community building, relationship building, new experience. I don't know. You just name it. There's so many positives that can come up. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, when we raise one boat, all when, when the rising tide comes, all boats rise. And I think that this is the concept that a lot of people don't understand. And I think that in looking at specifically lifting up businesses that are owned by people of color, 
one of the big benefits is that that money goes back into the community. That money goes back into hiring other people. So there'll be jobs. There are going to be um, different opportunities also for learning, learning each other's cultures, learning about what prompted you to do something. And I think that, you know, we we need to give room to new voices as well, because it's in the new voices that uh, we we create uh, we create the beauty mm-hmm. in our world. I think that from you know, for instance, I I encourage people to travel. One of the biggest reasons is because the more that you see the world and you learn about other cultures, you can yes continue to appreciate your own culture, but then you understand a little bit and you realize that at the core we're all mm. the same. Maybe there's something very special why you do things a certain way or why this food is very, um, very, very indigenous to you in your culture. And I think that we, we don't take time to see that. Um, I was just going to add, because that made me think of just kind of tying even back to the last thing we're talking about. If people are asking questions like the ones you posed in a way, they are totally negating, or at least not trying to validate the experience of that Mm -hmm. black people are experiencing. Mm -hmm. So they're saying, well, this is, it's again, like, well, this is about me and me maybe losing something instead of saying, well, let me hear the experience you've had as a person of color. Have you had a harder time? Have you been discriminated against because of the name on your resume? Have you this, have you, you know, try to understand um, rather than just coming from a place of what's in it for me in a way. And so that's tying into even the traveling. It's yeah, learn, experience, listen, grow. And then it, then I don't think that those questions would be coming up as much. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things that I really like is that this collaboration not only is focusing on highlighting the businesses that are owned by people of color, but this collaboration really involves other mm-hmm. creatives. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh yeah. That. So um, from the start, like I was saying, this, I'm not, I don't want to be the hero in this. I am not the hero. The heroes are the business owners. So in doing that, I wanted to be sure that the team of um, contributors was well beyond me or even people that look like me um, because then it would would be missing the point. But we, um, our team includes black photographers, writers, editors, also people, you know, white photographers and editors as well. It's it's a very diverse group. strategists and marketers. So there are a lot of people working behind the scenes on SEO, you know, search engine optimization or um, technical sides of things. Then there are, um, you know, a lot of people are actually going out and photographing these businesses and doing the write-ups. So, you know, that was one of the strategies was to say, okay, beyond just a list, what can we do to bring these businesses, um, bring their story alive, you know, help them bring their story alive to all different community members. And, you know, so we believed in strong visuals and really high quality editorial because that's what these businesses deserve, high quality marketing. Um, And so the team, yeah, we we go out and we're um, building relationships and meeting with these, you know, different business owners um, with their permission and blessing. You know, we're not putting anything up that business owners Mm -hmm. wouldn't already Mm -hmm. want to be up or have approved. And it's really cool because it's, again, allowing kind of consumers or potential consumers to peek behind the curtain of these places and see the hard work, the vibe, the kind of place that you might want to check out and hopefully to break down some of the stereotypes. You know, you were saying sometimes 
I, I'm happy to debate this, but I do believe that at least from the suburbs, Hartford can get a bad rep. And the more time you mm -hmm. spend in Hartford, the more you will understand how beautiful of a place it is with incredible um, businesses all over the place. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I know that when I moved here, we actually looked at possibly moving into mm -hmm. downtown. And I know that, you know, when I, I would tell people that they, they thought it was, oh, you're crazy. There's nothing mm -hmm. happening there. But there is so much diversity. The restaurants are amazing. The museums, the galleries, they are places that have so much rich mm -hmm. culture and history that we sometimes get so stuck in being in our own little world mm -hmm. in the suburbs that we we don't give a, hair, mm -hmm. a fair shot. And there's so much... Um, you know, that is happening and people working yeah. really hard to make Hartford a thriving yeah. city. And if you are just willing to, you know, yes, could it be inconvenient to park in a lot and walk a couple blocks? That's Absolutely. A city. <laughs> but it's a city, right? And and I think that um for instance uh, there's a big there's a wonderful improv troupe downtown. There's great pizza places and dessert and Chinese and you name it it can be found, but I think that you need to be able and willing. And I think that, you know, I remember I was at, I was at a hospital uh, visiting someone and I overheard a conversation in which, oh my God, I can't believe I had to come into Hartford. How many shootings do you think I'm going to see? And I think that people have this preconceived notion that cities are these places of violence and this violence and does, you know, crime happen in cities? Right. Of course. But I think that the more that you invest into the city, then it becomes a circle in which the there is more money and people can actually uh, begin to lift mm -hmm. up the neighborhood as opposed to being a place where the crime yeah. happens. There's going to be more restaurants. There's going to be more um, galleries. There's going to be more innovative. Like, for instance, they I, I don't know if you've been to, and I can't remember their name, oh, but it's the ping pong place mm -hmm. downtown where you can go and, and do that. There's so many different things that are happening. But if, if people are choosing to focus on their preconceived notion of what is there, then they'll never see the amazing Right. Thing. And I think that people need to also think through, you know, why might there be certain areas of higher um, poverty rates? Why might there be crime? Mm -hmm. It's the, right. a deep-seated history of, I mean, I would encourage anyone to look up redlining. Redlining is something to learn about. Um, it's, you know, it's caused many <laughs> detrimental effects on communities of color. So right. just to even understand the history of a neighborhood, but also not always think that it's so good to like, for gentrification to happen and let's move in and try to spruce mm -hmm. this up. These are people's homes. These are their neighborhoods right. and this is where, where they're, 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 they're home, they're, they're comfortable. So it's, what I don't want to encourage through the site or anything else is for people to come in with some kind of idea that they're doing a favor. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to spend my money and do a favor. No, it's to learn, connect and see what these, you know, resources are right, right in Hartford, but like you or even greater Hartford, because really we're featuring all around Hartford, but um, we're specifically talking about Hartford right now. And, and, you know, like you said, just try it, try it out. But if you're not comfortable, you know, come from a baby steps, come from where you are comfortable. There are tons of businesses on this website that are online, exclu exclusively online. They're based in Greater Hartford, but they offer, I mean, everything from pet treats to retail to catering. So, you know, you can even start there, but just, 
right? That again, it's where those bold conversations come into place. And some of those conversations you have to have right. with yourself <laughs> to ask, you know. And, and I think that that's the hardest person mm-hmm. to have a bold conversation with sometimes because we are so afraid and we become our own mm-hmm. worst critic, right? And I think that if we can really embrace some of the beliefs that we have that maybe don't serve us and really be able to say, well, why do I believe that, right? Come from a place of curiosity right. and then try to decide, you know, is this something that serves me? Is it true? Let's prove this thought and then uh, decide how we want right. to move forward with it. Um, I love some of the businesses that you're highlighting. What is the one business that you can tell us a, a really fascinating story about? Well, so the site just started. Yeah, there's so many. The site just started three weeks ago, so I'm still learning many, many of them. Um, I mean, I have my favorites. My I frequent Dunn's uh, River Jamaican Restaurant. Yeah. They're phenomenal. Yeah. Um, friends of mine up there, but uh, just recently, I'd say, um, you know. The two that are featured on the site right now are Singing Sliders, and his name, the, the owner's name is James Hanton, and he has a food trailer that kind of goes around. Um, it's a little bit farther out from Greater Hartford. It's kind of on the edge of what we're covering right now, but Torrington, Winstead area. And then the other one is your CBD store in Simsbury, Nakia and Catonia. And um, both of them have unique stories, but I guess with James, I love the, um, the reason behind his name is because uh, he <laughs> likes to sing, but also because the sliders are quote unquote so good, they make you want to sing. And what I love about him <laughs> is that all everything he serves is fresh. And I just think that his commitment to that is really cool. Um, but in, a, in another way, over at your CBD store, I have just appreciated um, their innovation with the whole pandemic and how they had to switch gears because they launched in February. They launched their store. Wow. And then just a few weeks later, the pandemic hit so they've really done kind of this 180 um but also how they're really committed to work um around racial injustice nakia is a resident of simsbury and that's where the store is and just being on the different um diversity and inclusion um committees and things in town so i feel like as far as bold conversations they're in them all the time so i love that they've you know, set roots with their store right where in the communities in which they live and are, you know, open to having those types of conversations. So they both, both James and Nikki and Katanya have inspired me just learning how um, kind of innovative they've been and how to switch gears. And back to James, he was also doing a free food Thursday, uh, Friday before the pandemic. Mm people for free, no questions asked all day long on Fridays and even things like that. It's just really cool how they're both doing that. That's really cool. That's really cool. I love that. And I think that, you know, again, thinking outside the box and really contributing and being able to um, have that attitude of giving yeah. back because, you know, he 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 worked hard yeah. for where he is and he's starting to put it back out into the universe. That's that's yeah. really awesome. What would make a greatest difference in helping your organization get better at what it does? Right. Um, now? I really do think more people at the table. I would love to involve, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially um, black writers, photographers, editors, strategists, because I, again, I want to make sure along the way as an ally, you know, I will make mistakes. Like there was a continual learning process. Um, but I want to make sure that I'm continually aligning with the community that this is intended to serve. So I think just more getting involved, but, um, the cool thing about the team is everyone's involved 
at where their bandwidth is. No one is you know, nice. assigned something is kind of what they want to be doing. Um, but also just to continue, I guess, spreading the word about it and the intentions behind it. And the biggest impact would really just be to go to these businesses, you know, try, try them out. Yeah. So try them out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If you, if you want people to get involved, is there a specific way that you're reaching out or you're just doing a word, word of mouth, or is there something that you have found that has worked better or, or can help you increase the bandwidth to get the word out? I mean, I'm a big, big believer in personal networks and, um, relationships. I know I keep saying that, but just big believer in relationships. So some of the people on the team are people I've just recently met through um, Black Lives Matter 860 Facebook groups and things like that. But several of them are on the team because I know them personally, or they are connected with someone on the team who knows. Personally. So um, I think you asked if people can get involved, you know, what, what they would do. It is open to really anyone who wants to get involved. Um, I will say this with, with a caveat of the goal of the team is to produce a very, very high quality effort. Because again, I know I said this earlier, that's what these businesses deserve. So we do want people who are coming to the table with, you know, high quality skills to offer, but that doesn't mean skills, that we right. would ever turn anyone away because, you know, marketing or word of mouth, everyone pretty much has social media these days too, so they could spread the word. Um, but they can contact, there's a contact form on the website, so it's shopblackct.com, and just reach out to any of the team members. I mean, I'm one of 20 right now. And just say, hey, I'd like to get So I love it. Yeah. What a great collaboration. Now, how do you intend, well, I don't even know what's going on here. How do you intend on spreading the word and, and, and spreading this outside of Connecticut? So the outside of the Connecticut piece is a little daunting at the moment because it's a vision and we all need mm -hmm. vision, right? And the team has a vision for that. But um, it takes team members to be able to do it, quite frankly. Um, but the vision right now is to expand to um, all of Connecticut within the last next two months. And we already have photographers and writers who are kind of down in the southern part of the state. Um, I have someone who reached out to me from ConnecticutBlackOwned.com, which is a very similar effort. Um, he started it up with some friends and he wants to merge over to um, Shop Black CT. So that kind of would catapult some of that southern you know, Connecticut area. Um, but so I guess the vision is just as we kind of take the pulse of the team and see where everyone is. And if we have the bandwidth to keep going, um, we will as far as expanding out. So it really is just going to take people wanting to be on the team in those areas and absolutely diverse teams in those areas. Um, but I, I see it happening. I mean, it's. <laughs> I see it happening too. I think that is such a great concept for sure. Now, if a, if an organization, a business, uh, an individual that has uh, a product, they want to be part mm -hmm. of the listing and they want to be part of the website, how do they go about doing it? Do they fill out an application? Is there oh, no. something yeah. that you require them? Yeah, yeah. Cost? I, and I, I know some of these answers, but I want yeah, you I to share these Yeah, I appreciate you asking that because I don't think it does this. It's absolutely free. It will never, ever, ever cost a business anything to be listed or featured. Um, that's part of the kind of support model. Um, and just to reiterate one more time, there's no money ever being made off the site, nor is there a personal financial gain in, in best or any, anyone's getting any of that from volunteering. And in fact, um, every contributor kind of signs an agreement saying that, that they agree to that not gain off of the site. 
but it's, there's there's um, no cost to be featured. Um, there is a submit a business button right on the website, a couple different places that can be submitted. So either through the contact form, but there is a form that makes it easy that's right on the website. Um, and a lot of times it's word of mouth, but sometimes, you know, our networks know of other businesses or friends refer over. So we intend to grow it right. quite a lot by word of mouth. And then um, opportunities like this, just to share the word. I, I love that. And I think that there's a lot of room for definitely helping other people. And, and, and I think that this is really a movement that you're starting to create. I think that merging with the other website and the other listing uh, directory is going to de definitely continue to give you traction. And I know that at least in the Northeast, how things work, once right. it's got traction in one area and then uh, it hits that Southern Connecticut area, then it starts to spread and then hopefully right. will spread to Massachusetts and it can spread to New York and keep going that way because I think that this is this is a movement and and I am all for protest I am all for marching and I've done it I am a big proponent you know we need to exercise our right to to you know share our minds and and show up and and, and create that but the movement really continues in the day in and day out and the actions that right. speak louder exactly than uh, maybe the marching does and I think that's that's very, very important. Do you feel that you have some urgent needs right now that would think, definitely benefit what you're doing? Well, you know, I don't and know that I would, would be say the biggest urgent call for as right much now? as um, desired. <laughs> but I think one area one area that would be really cool to <laughs> press into a little bit more is um, offering resources for these businesses. So if there are, you know, leaders or business leaders that mm -hmm. have um, resources like trainings or um, I don't know, like even YouTube video mm -hmm. tips for business tips. If we could get feedback from the business owners of what would be helpful to them and then have other contributors kind of say, hey, I can offer some tips like how I don't even know because I'm not a I'm not yeah. in business development in that way. But I think that is an yeah. area that could greatly benefit these um, business right. owners. I guess I could, you know, potentially do it right. something about digital marketing or something. So it just kind of in that sense. But um, yeah, I think the most urgent need is just to spread the positive impact that it's having in the community um, for the benefit of the um, businesses, not because of our team or not for the benefit of our team. That's awesome. I, I love that. And I think that there is a lot of potential again in how mm -hmm. you might be able to support them outside of just featuring them. And and it, it can only grow from where you are. And I think that this is something that's uh, very um, important to me that people know that like you, Sarah, you saw a need and you took the leap and you went and you figured it out. I think that a lot of times we see, oh, I wish, you know, this would be better or I wish something would be around for that or, but mm -hmm. many times we're not willing to say I or we're not willing to step away. And I think that we are afraid maybe, you know, of what the personal cost would be to us. And I think that a lot of times there isn't mm -hmm. a personal cost. It's just the willingness to say yes. And we need more people to do that. We need more people to be able to go out and, and uh, yeah. do and not just speak because again we can talk about how great we are and we can talk about how strong we are and all the wonderful things and you know but it's not until you actually see the proof 
out there and, and you actually see um, the impact that you can have by just mm-hmm. a very simple thing that came very naturally to you. So I, I commend you for doing that. And I thank you because you're an, a great example. And mm-hmm. I think that, again, you're modeling to your children a really great, great way of giving back into oh, the thanks, community Julie. and you're teaching you for to be saying. servant leader. So I appreciate that. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that as as individuals, we have to model for the people that come behind us what we wish to see in the world. And the mm-hmm. only thing yeah. that we can do is change ourselves. And hopefully that will have a ripple effect on those mm-hmm. around us. Um, I am so excited about this project. I think that is going to definitely impact a lot of lives. It's definitely going to be able to maybe change a narrative and bring a conversation Absolutely. and allow people to have bold mm-hmm. conversations. So I am excited. So I Great. will put all of the information on the show notes. I want to make sure that everyone is able to um, connect with you. And if they have any type of skill or any kind right. of bandwidth they just want to or learn more, yeah. or connections. We can discover networking. that together. Yeah, that's right. They need to go ahead and connect. Absolutely. And I think that as we <laughs> as we move forward, a lot of us have time in our hands. Yeah, <laughs> because we're not sure what's going on. Um, but yeah, so this is terrific. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today and to speak about it and to launch this series into um, philanthropist and philanthropy. Thanks, Julie. In I'm so honored to have so had important. that chat with you. And I know it's just the beginning. <laughs> no. Well, thank you. And And again, It's the beginning. There's more to come for sure. Have a great day, Sarah. Don't forget, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. And thank you for helping other dreams come true. Thank you, Sarah Thompson, for such an insightful interview. So what are your thoughts? My thoughts? Well, so I'm a white man. I grew up in a white community. And... Um, I've always been, let's say, sympathetic to people of color. Um, I've always had, um, that feeling. I've, I've never, um, never really, I've, I've never considered myself a person who had racism in, in, in my heart. No, you come from a family that's very loving and accepting. Um, I also come from an area that was very, uh, not a lot of diversity. Um, so you grow up not experiencing um, a lot of things, uh, a lot of different kind of people. But what do you say to the people who think, think you know, well, you know, all lives matter? Um, this is the thing. A lot of that comes from a charged atmosphere of politics um some of it comes from you know people see they're put down the black lives the blm movement uh, because they feel that it's a political and that it's a racist organization is what i i hear from some people because they're just you know thinking about black lives but that's not that's not what it's all about People are saying all lives matter. Yeah, all lives do matter. But there are certain people in this world that have been told directly that your life doesn't matter. Some people have not been told directly. 
but the institution and the systems that have been in place for 400 years inherently limit that potential. And you, and you think, and I, you know, I didn't inherit anything. I didn't, I didn't get things from my parents personally, mm. but there are, there are, there are lineages of people in the communities that have gotten things from their parents and it's been passed down for years and some wealth and certain things like that that in the black community has not existed if you think about it there are still grandchildren of slaves in this world I was reading an article that there is actually a son of a slave hmm. who's alive he's in his 80s and his father had him in the 20s but he was his father was a slave and that when you have such an institutional um, lack of opportunity for a segment of the population it takes a long time to change that institution it takes a long time to change people's thoughts and to change their hearts the the issue though is that i hear a lot of people say well that you're no longer a slave you're no longer uh what does it matter you're free you have equal rights now so get over it and work hard i worked really hard and i you know i pulled myself my my bootstraps and no one is giving me anything and these is these are the things that i hear a lot dan and and why do you feel, and, and I think that what Sarah is doing is amazing, and some people may feel like, well, why are you doing that? Why can't we promote the white businesses who are suffering as well? The white businesses promote and get promoted every day. I mean, this is the thing. You speak about a person saying, yeah, I pulled myself up by, by my bootstraps. I made something of myself. I did this. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with putting in that hard work. Yeah, a lot of people have done. And you do it. And you do it from point zero. Right? You do it from the ground level. And you climb that ladder. You climb those stairs. You become something. Mm-hmm. Now imagine that... Someone says, okay, you can be all that you want to be. You can be a success. You can be president of the United States of America. But I'm not going to start you out here. I'm going to lock you in the basement. And get out. And you're locked in that basement. And you got to break out of that basement first. You get out of that basement, you get to the first floor, and they say, hey, you don't belong here. What are you doing? And you have to spend time convincing them that you belong. And you climb, and you climb, and you go. And every step along the way, you're told you don't belong. That's a tough life to live. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, 
it's time to support those people who have been marginalized. It's one thing that we can do through a positive act instead of a negative act. We can we can focus on a lot of the negative things, but a positive act is to support um, businesses of minorities. I mean, support all businesses. Support all, all businesses, businesses matter. There you go. See how I did that? See, this is the thing. Everyone matters, but not everyone is held back. Mm, look at you dropping and the as, mic. And as as humans, as humans, trying to love other humans, and doing, to me, I'll, I'll say it, um, to be a person who follows uh, a spiritual direction um, <clears throat> of doing well to other people and treating people and being the sometimes being the only face of God another can see. Mm. You are you. It is your duty and your uh, your charge to do well and to do right and to do good for other people. Be the change you want to see in the world. Be the change. Because if you want to support businesses, if you want to give back to other people, do it. This is just one way you can do it. Mm -hmm. If you want to do it, do it. Do it. That's all. You want to do it. Do it. Listen, we're starting week two. Dos. Dos. Look at you being diverse. I know, right? <laughs> what are we starting week two of? Oh, for the love of God. I know, I know. Week two. <laughs> Julie put granola in her mouth. Chew it up. Chew it up. Come mm. on. Chew it up. Here you go, Julie. Chew this one. I can't believe we just ate that. That was mine. Wow, seriously? Stop chewing in the mic. I didn't mean to chew in the mic. Wow. All right. Well, it's That was me. Too. And you know what? That was delicious. What was it? It was a little cheese crisp. Oh, no. Oh, the vegans eating cheese serves you right. Oh. I'm not vegan, vegetarian. You're a vegetarian? Yes, I just want to eat the animal. Can I just say that you are mostly a hummusarian? I'm a hummusarian. Because you eat a lot of hummus, buddy. We sure do get distracted easily. Hmm. Okay, it's week, week two, two of mindfulness course, which is called Peaceful You. See, we need Peaceful You in our lives because we get distracted <laughs> a lot. So, anyway... <laughs> Anyway, so we're starting week two, and there are some amazing women that have registered, and they are going to get little milestone badges for completing certain parts of the course. I heard there was a man listening to them also. Yes, it's you. It's me. <laughs> You've been participating in the background because, well, you've been I editing have. and you've been here for the recording of them. But I listen to them in the car and and I get in trouble when I close my eyes. <laughs> well, you better not be driving and closing your eyes. That's for sure. But we're starting this week, tomorrow, Monday. It's our first, it's week two, day eight. And we're talking about something that is very close to my heart. Your heart? Monkey brain. 
Monkey brain. Monkey brain. Yeah. So tune in. Now, if you started and you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I, I gave up on day one. It's all about practice, my friend. It's all about just keep going. Just like when you're meditating and if you're trying to be mindful and then all of a sudden you're trying to breathe and you get distracted by a thought, start again. That's all what it's all about. All right. So if you want to continue with day eight of the mindfulness challenge. Of course. And you want to monkey around a little bit. In your brain. Or learn about the monkey mind. <laughs> if you want to tame that monkey, that funky monkey. Oh, oh. I knew they'd be singing mm-hmm. this episode. That funky monkey. Anyhow, tune in, my friends. And don't forget, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. And make sure that you are supporting Shop Black Connecticut. Peace. Thanks for joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. <laughs> oh wait hey we left the mic on have a good week everybody bye hi everybody i know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey and i want to invite you to join us into our limited time only purposeful you mastermind for many of us entrepreneurs we believe that we can do it all But the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's Mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business push you behind your current limits, expand your connections, discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly, Julie's Mastermind.